You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, sorry we missed everyone last week. Richard was gallivanting around Alabama, um, and I was uh, nursing a cold. So it uh, was just time for us to take a little bit of, bit of a break. Um, I'm sitting here now. High atop the Blue Ridge Mountains, I've got a frosty Dr. Pepper here next to me. Richard, you're over there uh, back in Tennessee again? Huh? I'm, I'm back in eastern Tennessee, but let me tell you, I had a great time in Alabama last week. It was 80 degrees, the people were friendly, great selection of cars, and if you ever been to Fairhope, it's a great little town right on the uh, Mobile Bay. And uh, had a wonderful time, and but it's always glad to be back. And uh, I still can't believe that you drink soda in the morning. You know, that was like a sin in our house. It's like you had to say three years. I'm a fine tea guy like you. <laughs> well, you know, you know, not everybody can be you know, as sophisticated, what but what can I tell you? You are from Virginia, so you are what you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> do, do, do you like uh, drink that tea with your pinky finger? That's what I want to know. Uh, depends if I have the ring on it or not. <laughs> <laughs> You're just oh, slurping boy. it out of a bowl, are you? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, busy, busy weekend coming up, working on the front suspension of the TR3, putting in the ball joints and the A-arms and all that jazz. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. And uh, the, tomorrow morning the Mexican Grand Prix. So looking forward to that. And uh, what's on your agenda, Mr. Cool. Tom? Well, on the agenda today for us uh, is a, a, a good friend of mine, a Dyden-Wool car girl, the ringleader, the LFA of the Coastal Virginia Auto Show, uh, which is going to be in Virginia Beach really soon. Um, it is a fantastic event, and I can't tell you how happy I have been to be privileged to be a part of that uh, for the last, I don't know, five years, I think, four or five years, four years, three years, I don't know, time passes quickly. But uh, Jeanette Robinson is the uh, force behind this thing, and uh, she's also a car gal and a, and a big enthusiast, and I want to welcome uh, uh, Jeanette Robinson. How are you? I'm great. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for having me on. This is uh, very exciting, and the show is going to be just as exciting. Uh, two, three weeks out from yesterday, so November 18th through the 20th at the Virginia Beach Convention Center. This will be our seventh annual, um, and this all came to be because of a gentleman named Cecil Prophet. And a lot of people in the car will know who he was. He has since passed, but he used to do a big show there in Virginia Beach. And he holds the record for attendance with 24,000 people coming to his show. And because I've been in radio so long, when he started, uh, when he no longer did the show, I realized there was a need. 
And so I started, and it it started, you know, kind of more of a local thing, and I now, I now think it has evolved into um, this big uh, monster, I kind of call it, because uh, it's a lot of moving parts. But we have um, 350 cars inside, and some of those are sponsors who bring their vehicles. Um, and then on one day, on Saturday, we have an outdoor show. We have about 150 cars that are outside. So we have $15,000 in cash and prizes. And this year, we've added a new element to the show, and it's called the Neptune's Trident Competition. And that is because of Virginia Beach, King of the Sea. Um, and that is 20 very, very elite award-winning cars that will compete just within themselves, not with everybody in the building, and that kind of makes it fair for everyone. Um, but they were—they are competing for five thousand dollars, and you're going to see some really amazing cars coming from all over the country. So we're very excited about that. Um, we also have a lot of um, celebrity guests coming. Uh, we have Mike Henry from Counting Cars. We all know him as Horny Mike. Um, he'll be there. Heather Storm from Garage Squad. Um, she seems to have um, to be making a very big splash on this show, so I'm very excited to have her come. Uh, she's got a huge following on social media. And um, we have Joe Kenda, who is really not car-related, although he's got a cool Corvette, but um, he is the homicide hunter on the Discovery Channel. And so he comes out. Uh, Dennis Anderson, the grave digger. And then we've got a, a whole group of builders. Uh, Bradley Gray from Blow Mafia. Uh, Joshua Joyce is coming from North Carolina, Village Customs. And he does the rat rod uh, category. And it, it's pretty amazing what he has. Uh, Zach Love from Love Customs. Kent Rittenberry from Kent Customs. And Jordan Fisher from Fisher Motorsports. And, of course, our hostess with the Mezbes. I'll say the host with the most, uh, Mr. Tom Cox, will be there. So, Tom, like you said, you've been there for five years, and uh, he will be on the stage uh, doing interviews throughout the two, you know, the two days. Friday we open with a premiere party, and uh, it's just going to be something going on all day long. A big thing for kids. So if you are, have a family, you need to bring them. We have NASA. We have 10-foot Autobots. Uh, like Transformers, and we're doing a youth judging, that is Haggerty's is sponsoring, where uh, uh, Ed Dinkenberger, who is our Neptune Trident, um, he's heading that up, and he's the one that's helped me bring in these cars, but he'll we'll select 12 young people, and he will take them around to five cars and show them how to judge. This is what you're looking for. And then he'll take them upstairs uh, to a conference room, and they'll pick their top three and present their three winners. So I think there's going to be a lot of stuff for everyone. So we're really looking forward to it. So one, one big question yeah, I have, because I'm not familiar with the show, what kind of cars? Oh. It sounds like it's all hot rods and custom cars. Is that what it is? It's, it's a little oh. bit of everything. You're going to see everything. Um, now, I will say most of the Neptune Tridents are, you know, they're going to be uh, classic, custom, muscle. Um, you're going to see a lot of that. But, I mean, we have 
uh, a little bit of everything. You're going to see some uh, some low riders, um, very cool looking, <laughs> different. But there's something for everybody there of exotics. We've got some really interesting things coming. Um, and we've got a nineteen uh, a 2021 uh, Ferrari F8 coming. Just different. You're going to see everything. So uh, I think we can say almost every make and model is going to be represented. It's funny because it's an application-only show. Um, we had a gentleman do a send us a picture of a um, John Deere 1955 crawler, which is like a bulldozer. And he sent the before pictures and the after pictures, and we were all so amazed by this gentleman's work. We said, yeah, you got to bring that thing. So it will be out in, in the pre-function, we call it, in the lobby. But uh, we've got a big race car display out in the lobby as well. So we call it anything on wheels, and now tracks because of that. But you're going to see everything. So it's um, we say the best of the best in all the categories. Yeah. What's been amazing to me is, you know, how it's evolved over the years. Um, you know, it, it's truly something there there's truly something there for everyone you know i i have signed up so many and talked to so many people um down there and they've ended up joining aaca too um you know uh sheldon uh with the uh, mercury comet that was there last year uh, i ended up talking to him and uh you know now he's got a got a senior award at uh, at Hershey already. You know he just jumped right in there and you know started showing in the ACA. There's just something there for everybody. Um, it, what's really cool too for you know, of course on a personal level, you know I grew up down there and in fact uh, you know where the show is held, I, I rode my my bicycle all up through there when I wasn't supposed to as a young boy um, because I was supposed to stay pretty close to home. <laughs> but I, I didn't. Um, and then just a, literally a stone's throw from the convention center is really sort of what I consider to be the genesis for my love of cars, uh, and that's uh, Lowe's Auto Repair in Virginia Beach. Uh, Sydney Lowe uh, serviced my parents' automobile when I was a kid. And uh, when I say, you know, a little kid, I was four, five, six years old. And those guys, whenever I came, boy, they treated me like I was some sort of celebrity whenever I came in there with my mom. And, you know, of course, OSHA would have a conniption fit, as with the insurance companies now. But I remember uh, Albert would take me down into the pit with him, which was really, really cool. And it had this sort of really unique smell, you know, the, the oils and the grease and the antifreeze and everything. It was just totally unique, and I, I can still remember that. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's a great time for me. And then, of course, last year you were talking about Dennis Anderson and, and Grave Digger. Um, you know, I started talking to Dennis, and I really didn't realize it, and neither did he. But uh, we had known one another, you know, way back when we were, you know, still in our basically our teen years, you know, 18, 19, something like that. Um, and I had actually hung out with him and some of his friends and so forth, uh, really before Gravedigger ever became a thing. So that was kind of cool. 
Um, but he's the best a super of all, nice getting guy. to know you, he's a super guy. Um, yeah, and, uh, and he was really back is. then. It just I never made. It's just funny because I never made the connection. And then, of course, once he made that connection too, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, you see, have you talked to this guy? What happened to this guy? You know, and all of that sort of thing." Because you lose track. Um, but uh, one of the great things about the show, though, is the variety. I mean, you can see. Everything from uh, blown mafia cars, which are just absolutely outrageous, uh, to do just, um, you know, you guys have really picked a wide swath, and that's what makes it really, really cool. It's it's a good enthusiast show, and it's an opportunity for everybody, no matter what type of car or vehicle they like, to come together and just talk and, you know, Bradley Gray, blown mafia, I've, had had a great time talking to him last year, um, just about you know what they do and and so forth. Totally out of my wheelhouse in terms of my hands-on experience. So, you know, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, even Richard would fit in down there. I'm telling you. Yeah. Do they have yeah, menu booths? So. <laughs> What's that, Rich? Do they have vendors booths? Do they? Do they? Yes, we stuff? do. Yes, we oh. yes we have vendors, um, a lot of lot of sponsors. I work for a radio group, a local radio group in Norfolk, and um, we do we bring in a lot of sponsors. We have Barrett Jackson, who is one of our major sponsors. O'Reilly Auto Parts stores, um, and they are our discount ticket outlet. So you can go to any local O'Reilly store and get three dollars off the ticket. Uh, and they started that last week. So, of course, we promote that on our radio station, so it gives people an opportunity to save money. Now, we also do, on Sunday, a builder's breakfast, which has, last year was the first year, and it is hosted by yours truly, Mr. Tom Cox, and the builders come in, and the celebrities, um, to, we, we rent a room in, uh, in a hotel down on the oceanfront, and we have a breakfast on Sunday morning. Um, and it's a ticketed event. People come in and have breakfast, and they talk to these celebrities. And it, it's a very intimate. We only allow 50 people. So that's a really cool element to the show as well. And another cool thing we do is we, every year, somebody donates a vehicle to me, which is amazing. This year, last year, it was a 2004 Chevy Avalanche. And it, it went to all the local shops, and it turned out being amazing. Um, this year, we have a 08 uh, F-250 Larry diesel. And I'm telling you what, this thing is going to be amazing. Right now, it's had um, a 6-inch lift, tires and rims. Uh, they've totally redone the, the diesel engine. It's running great. Um, it's getting ready to get a wrap. So, yep. Sounds like we're getting ready to go on a break real quick, and we'll back okay stacy abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in georgia this november say no to stacy abrams and cast your vote for brian kemp and now back to You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Being there during the interlude, and we're still, uh, Richard and I are still here with Jeanette Robinson of the Coastal Virginia Auto, and uh, we're talking about some of the some of the great stuff that's going on down there, and she was discussing, um, you know, last year and this year, uh, they've, they've had vehicles donated to them, and uh, then the local shops uh, go through and really... Bring, recreate these vehicles, and uh, so you could start back there, Jeanette, if you would. Okay, yeah, and this year we've got an F-250, uh, a Ford Lariat, and it is um, going to be amazing, and the cool thing is we raffle it off. We're selling raffle tickets right now, so buy your ticket. Anybody can buy a ticket, cvautoshow.com, um, $25.00. You do not have to be present to win. Last year we said you did, and I think that interfered with the money uh, that we raised for the charity. 100% of the money goes to, and this year it is the Patriot Guard Riders, our local chapter, which they do amazing things for families in need. So we are very excited that they are going to get 100% of the money. So what happens is we, we draw 10 names. And if you're there, that's great. If you're not, we can call you and say. But the celebrities, there there will be a key in each bag. And we'll have our celebrities and our builders all take the key because we just want to be careful people trying to jam a key in. Um, and they will try and start that truck. So one of them's going to start it. So, you know, we're, we're asking people to buy a ticket. If you're local, you buy a ticket, you get in to the show on Sunday for free which is $15. So the ticket costs $10 when it's all said and done. So that that is just something that we love doing, and we're really excited about it. And by the time that truck gets there, which is only three weeks, but it will be wrapped, and it's a really cool gray, kind of a metallic. So um, it it looks amazing. And you can go to cvautoshow.com. You can see pictures of it or follow us on Facebook. And um, you can buy a ticket. And I don't care if you live in California, you can still win the truck. You just got to come and get it. <laughs> it, 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 it yeah. Well, it, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, like I've said, there's something there. And as Jeanette has said as well, there's something there for everybody. It's one of the few shows that you go to and just sheer volume, the quality, and the diversity of vehicles. There's stock-restored vehicles. There, In fact, some of the best stock-restored vehicles in the country have been there. And uh, there's the prettiest modified cars you'd ever want to see. Um, there's just a lot of great stuff, and there's awesome people involved. It's a first-class operation. It is no local car show. This is a first-class operation all the way. She has a great team. She's had uh, the same, mostly the same team uh, from from the get-go, and these guys really know what they're doing. It's a great time for everybody. I encourage anyone who is within 
driving distance, but I would tell you this. That's my favorite. I grew up in Virginia Beach. It's my favorite time of the year um, to go down there because you can get a decent rate on the rooms, and then you can go out and you can walk on the beach, and it's not super crowded, and you just have a really great time and listen to the ocean, and the temperature's just right. You don't have to. You know, it's just great. It's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. So I hope everybody will uh take the opportunity to put that on the calendar. It's going to be in three weeks, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Jeanette, we're going to get you to come back at some point in time, too, because I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, just your experiences, because I know you do some, you do a little bit of everything. You do a little bit of welding. You've got your Ferrari 308, and, uh, you know, you've got a lot of other cars that you're favoring, and uh Gosh, you've done a tremendous job at this show, so it's been great. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to uh, having you out there, Tom, and um, we're going to have a great time. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, pleasure. Trust me. Well, listen, we'll talk soon, okay? You take care All and, right. and thanks. And then I think Rich, Richard and I are going to get into recent auctions here. Thanks, Jeanette. You take care now. Great, great. Have a great weekend, guys. Bye. Yep. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, hey. Yeah, that's a great show. I mean, it, it really is. It's, it, they've just done such a great job. You know, uh, most of these types of shows, you know, they always end up going all modified or all this or all that and uh, she's really done a great job at keeping the variety in. Like I said you'd enjoy being there. You should be there next year. Yeah, unfortunately it's like an eight hour drive you know, like I just drove eight hours oh, to uh, Alabama. I was whining, you can do eight hours, I mean for God's sake. I did. Tuesday, you I got to spend drive. eight hours in traffic up in, you know, used to sit in traffic, be in traffic for eight hours up in Brooklyn, for God's sakes. Don't you think? You yeah, but at least I was drive. able to stop. Don't you enjoy driving? But I'm stuck in traffic in Brooklyn. I'm able to stop at Saul's Bagels and eat something along the way. That's good. You know what I'm saying? What are you going to eat <laughs> along the way? 7 Eleven? Come on. <laughs> but then yeah. Tuesday, I got to well, drive to Ohio. Um, too, too much driving lately, but yeah, have a good time, send pictures, post them on Facebook. We'll like to see what's there. So, uh, cool. Yeah. So, what's what's on the agenda so this, for us to talk about? So, well, so, this last, uh, well, last weekend, really, it was prior to, it was sort of odd. It's the, the Mark Smith auction uh, in neighboring Lynchburg here, and, uh, you know, Mark Smith was a very well-known uh, automotive collector. He had just an amazing collection. It was sort of under the radar um, over in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is just a stone's throw from me. And of course, I and I knew Mark. Um, he uh, died in a family death uh, a little over a year ago, and. Uh, they were settling his estate, and he literally had hundreds of cars, all kinds of cars, he, in multiple buildings um, up there, up there in Lynchburg. Uh, he, he even had at one point uh, the first automobile ridden in by, uh, you know, regularly by a, a U.S. president. It was the car was still owned by the Army, 
but it was a white. And uh, Teddy Roosevelt uh, rode in that car numerous times. Uh, and he had everything from that to Duesenberg. He had the most amazing sign collection in the world, but uh, they, they sold sold it all off uh, last week. Uh, it was uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday auction. And, uh, you know, I even got in on a little of the action. Did a little bit for you, too, eh? Um, yeah, you did, but we missed it, so that's okay. I got too many projects anyway, so I, I it would have been nice to have that Volvo P1800 or that Triumph Standard wagon. That would have been cool, but, you know, that's all right. It would have sat in the, in the garage uh, <laughs> with nothing being done on it for many more years, so someone else is going to take them and restore them, so that's good. That's all that matters. Yeah, well... You know, the thing about it is, in the Volvos particularly, um, you know, that was your particular interest in that auction. But the Volvos were really sort of a, a window, as I saw it, to auctions in general. Um, they were in varying conditions, um, drastically varying conditions. You know, you had... Rusty cars that had no title. And then you had several original cars that were really in exceptionally good shape with very little rust. Um, decent interiors, but, you know, they needed a little freshening here or there, or something replaced, this or that. But by and large, um, you know, the cars were in pretty decent condition. The one thing, though, for the most part, none of these cars were running. Um, you know, market passed away, been quite a number of months, and uh, the cars have been sitting, and I suspect a lot of them have been, you know, sitting prior to that. So, you know, these were non-runners. Um, that was the one thing they all, you know, at least all of the Volvos in the 1800s had in common. And, you know, there were like eight of them there uh, for sale. Um but, you know, and then there were cars that were rust-free. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of decision-making to be made. You know, it's really easy to look at a car that, you know, the skin looks great. In other words, uh, you know, it's halfway decent and you're looking at it, you're going, ah, I could buff that out. It would look really good. But yet underneath it, it's holding the, you know, hiding a and then, you know, that catches your eye and the interior is bad or you find one that has a great interior and it's rusty. You know, I know we talked about that. And I know, you know, what are your thoughts of it? Rusty car, good interior, solid car, bad interior. You know, what do you think is probably your best bet? My best You're bet is something like that. Without a doubt, you need to get to go after the most solid body of all. Interiors are easily replaced, carpetings, upholstery, paint, no big deal. Mechanical, you could get mechanical parts for everything and rebuild them. But to rebuild the body, it's very time-consuming, and you kind of... Oh, we're coming up on break. We'll get right back, folks. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? 
Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Okay, so we're back. So Tom asked the question about uh, what kind of car I would go after. And you always want to buy a car with the most solid body, the least amount of rust. Because that's, that's, you know, the integrity of the car is right there in the structure. You could always replace carpeting and upholstery and gauges and suspension parts, brakes. That's no big deal. That's easy stuff. But when you start with a solid body, you end up with a more honest, more authentic automobile in the end. So that's what I would go after. But, you know, like I say, it doesn't matter what kind of auction it is. If it's a regional, local auction like this, a Mark Smith auction, or if it's a, you know, one of the big name auctions that are all around the country, it's always a crapshoot when you're buying a car because you can't drive them when you're at the auction site. You Sometimes you could start them or you could have the owners, the, the sellers there, start them for you, but that's all you know. You don't know how it drives, how it runs, if there's noise in the differential or, you know, if the engine, you know, needs work. You don't know. It's a total crapshoot at auctions, and the sellers, you know, the auction companies are not responsible for the quality of the car and the integrity of the car. They tell you that right up from the get-go. So, you know, take your chances. Uh, you can get some great deals at auctions, and sometimes you can get fine cars that you won't find anywhere else. So there are pros and cons to everything in life that there are in auctions. So, uh, yeah, take your chance. Well, it, it's... Uh, so, the prices on the uh, 1800s uh, uh, from you know, $400 to $15,250. Um, and um, there was a substantial buyer's premium. This is what I think a lot of people miss on, miss out on, too. You know, they're really not thinking in their head. And this is, you know, you and I both, prior to the auction, uh, 
I was really interested, and I know a lot of people will be shocked, but I was really interested in an 85 Volkswagen Scirocco um, that was there. Um, so really car, great condition on that car. But I decided in my mind that I was going to be $5,000 was going to be my top bid because I knew that between sales tax and that's the on-site bidder's premium, between sales tax and the on-site premium, I was going to pay 20% wow. beyond what I paid for the bid price to have a tag on it and have it in my garage. And so that's another 1000 bucks. And everything stuff. Was another th- yeah. another grand. So at, at a five thousand dollar maximum, yep. hell, I was going to be at six grand. Right. Um, which, you know, in the end, probably was still a decent. If I could have gotten it for that, that would have been a decent price for that car. Non-running. I left enough room that you know, hey, if there was a leaking head gasket or if there were other issues that I could do some significant engine work and still not get burned, you know, because that's the key to it. You know, when you're thinking about buying something, you have to, you know, if it's not running, you really need to, in the back of your head, just to be on the safe side so that you don't bet. I mean, we all hear the horror stories. You know, if you're buying a non-running vehicle, you might as well tack on and average it out Put another fifteen hundred dollars to two grand on it if it's a post-war car. It's a pre-war car, depending upon what it is. <laughs> you, you you might even want to add fifty thousand dollars <laughs> to it. You know, yep. if it's a, right. a Packard V twelve or something like that. You know, um, but you, you gave me a limit on the on the uh, eighteen hundred that you wanted to buy. Yeah, right. Uh, both of us, you know, the cars sold five hundred dollars above what uh, what our top dollar was, and but we made that conscious decision. This is where we wanted to be. This is what would have been reasonable. This is what would have what would have worked out, depending upon what happened, regardless of what happened in terms of the engine and that sort of thing. And the one that I had scouted for you had an awesome body on it. It was just beautiful because those 1800s, they did rust. Yeah, they did. Body, I mean, I was beautiful. I, I still want to own a Volvo P1800 one day or even an 1800 ES, the little wagon, which I think is one of the most unique automobiles ever made. So if anybody listening has one for sale, let us know. <laughs> but, but like yeah, you said, Richard's you know, in the market. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I I got enough projects going on, so, you know, it, it was all for the better that I didn't win the bid. But, uh, yeah, there's always next time. You never know what pops up in your local area. You just never know. So keep an eye out. No, it's, uh, but it was interesting. You know, people paid, so there was uh, a 62 uh P1800, which was a, a Jensen-built car. So people that don't know, the early Volvo 1800s were built by Jensen. They were actually denoted P1800s. They were, some of the, the early cars were built by Jensen in 
Britain, England. and yep. build quality was so bad <laughs> that uh, the Swedes decided they could no longer do that, and so they, they switched the production on them uh, to improve the build quality. But uh, those early cars are still sought after the Jensen's, uh, despite the fact that they're oftentimes little fireballs. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a, a, good, a good friend of mine uh, did buy one of the uh, early ones, a, uh, a Jensen uh, built car, um, too. And, and John's been talking to me since he bought it, and uh, actually got away. He got lucky. It's a fairly rust-free car. Had some, you know, a little bit of body damage here and there. But uh, when he started getting into it, checking everything out, and prepping the engine for starting, which Richard and I always tell everybody to do, don't just, you know, throw some gas in it and throw a battery to it and try to crank it over after it's been sitting for years. Um, you're going to regret it because, you know, everything's going to break from push rods to... to rings and piston, this or that. But uh, John prepped his engine to get it recommissioned, get it going again. And uh, when he was going through the process, he found out the engine had been completely rebuilt. Unbelievable. So, uh, he got lucky. came out yeah. okay. Good for him. Good he got job. lucky. He does a good yeah. job with it. Yep. So, uh, but it, the, the interesting thing to me was is there was one car there... 1800 it was rusty it was a rust pile it was terrible it looked like you know it was what i call a dustpan car you just sweep this thing up put it in a little bag and carry it home it was bad Mm. went for four grand no time wow but then later later practically the same car a couple years earlier went for four grand with a title and 75% less rust. It was yeah, just kind of crazy, you know, so. It, that's all it just speaks to doing your Yeah, do your homework, you know, do your homework. And the thing of it is, is if you're going to buy at an auction and you know somebody and you can get them to go inspect the cars, like I inspected the one car for Richard, by all means, do that. It's just, sure. um so what's on your mind? I, you know, I that Einstein brain of yours these days. Well, yeah, I've been working on uh, trying to finish this last, this fifth issue of Crankshaft. Been working on that every day, and we still got two more stories that have to be photographed. I'm heading up to Ohio on uh, Tuesday to photograph a. Uh, kind of a rusty car. We want to have a new feature in issue five. It's called Tarnished Treasures, cars that have rust but are still used and enjoyed. And I started that at Heavings years ago. I called it Drivable Dream. So we're going to uh, have that new feature in issue five. So I got to zip up there to Dayton, Ohio. And while I'm there, I'm picking up my TR3 gearbox that was rebuilt by Macy's Garage, the Triumph Specialist. So, uh, yeah. Just doing a lot of things and, you know, working on the TR3 when I can. I haven't had much time to work on it except last night. I've been working on this fifth issue of the magazine. And, uh, you know, with everybody listening, we're always looking for interesting stories, interesting cars. So you can always contact us. 
uh, at crankshaftmagazine.com. If you have something rare and unique and special, if you're the original owner of something, so, well, we're looking for stories. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. But, uh, so, what's doing with that? Uh, a lot of miles you, on me. What's that? I said you've been putting a lot of miles on the mini. I have, but when I go down to Alabama, I go to these shows where I have a booth for a crankshaft. I have to rent the car because my easy up tent doesn't fit in the uh, mini. And I got all the boxes of magazines and all the other stuff. So uh, I'm always renting stuff, renting cars to get around. But uh, So tell us about your Hudson that you posted on uh, Facebook. That seems like an awesome one. Oh, I never thought I would live to see the day where you would actually ask me to talk about a Hudson. You know, I never do that, you know. I I love Hudson's much. I do. I love (laughs) Hudson's. I want a wasp. Anybody out there with a wasp for sale? That's what I want. (laughs) So tell us about your new find. Three super wasps. So, you know... uh, as anybody who's listened to the show for any length of time knows, um, Hudson's hold a special place in my heart. Uh, you know, even though my very first collector car was a '57 Chrysler New Yorker two-door hardtop, um, you know, my first—I came upon that car. My first sought-out car was a Hudson. Uh, I didn't have a driver's license. My mother drove drove me back and forth to school. We carpooled back and forth to school. And uh, we'd go past this gas station all the time, and it had a, a, a dead 52 Hudson Wasp uh, sitting next to it, which I ultimately bought for the uh, tidy sum of 75 bucks. But uh, that started the whole Hudson thing for me. Um, a number of years down the road, I... Ended up with a 57 Hudson, which is just a wild, weird, wacky-looking car. Uh, Hudson's V-line styling, where they were trying to emphasize that they finally had a V8. But it was a, a Nash-built car. They were built in Kenosha. Um, so that's 57. is the last year Hudson. And, and I had a friend over in Lynchburg uh, that I had met through AACA and uh, little did I know, of course, I had another friend by the same last name who was much, much younger that I'd gone to college with that li- lived in Lynchburg. And met the fellow from through AACA that had the 1910, and lo and behold, I find out that I went to school with his son. So, kind of cool. But uh, then we got to be even better friends, of course. And so, sadly, he passed away um last year he had this great 1910 Hudson Model 20 which was the very very first model that Hudson the Model 20 um, it's a roadster and I had lusted after this car forever and a day and I never thought in a million years it would get my garage but lo and behold that's last weekend here it is wow congratulations so you have the first Hudson built and the last Hudson built. That's fantastic. Exactly. Um, so and does it, it run? Kind of cool. I'm, I'm re- yes. Oh, break oh, time. Time for a break. 
When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. And now, back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, Mr. Hudson yeah. is telling us about his 1910 Hudson. So with all these Hudsons, you got the first Hudson built, you got the last Hudson built. What Hudson model are you still lusting after that you don't have? I mean, I know there's a lot of them you don't have, but if there's one uh, other Hudson that you could have... Okay, so there's two, really. Uh, An Italia? One would be, well, an Italia, that's just way out of my price range these days. You know, it's really interesting, though, when I was uh, first getting into Hudson's, you know, went to a Hudson show, drove three hours, was 16 years old, did one, and uh, this guy, Ray Shearer, I think was his name, Owned the first Italia that I ever saw. It's just a wild car. It is. Um, it, it, they, they grow on it, though. It's got a tiny it engine is. in it, though. Uh, it's got 202 cubic inches. Um, but, uh, Can't get out of its own way, Carl. Yeah. No, no. Okay, it, it, so. It, but it is crazy looking. So, if you had um, one, what's the one Hudson that you must own before you head to that junkyard in the sky? Before I take the horizon with Buick, uh, so 
probably, I'd like to have a 54 Hollywood, 54 point Hollywood. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, the 54 was sort of a departure. Uh, yep. You know, you know, as you know, step down design was hard to update because of the way it was built. Uh, that mono built frame uh, integrated into the uh, the entire car, um, and it was hard to update. And so, in '54, they worked really hard to try to update it and get that sort of what people panned as an upside down bathtub look, and and bring it up so that it looked more modern. I thought they did a pretty good job. They did. The Hollywood had the beautiful um, roof line, and if you got that twin H power under the hood, that, that's like a perfect collector car that you could just get in and drive anywhere. I mean, yeah. Good choice, Mr. Cox. Good choice. I'm very impressed by your uh, selection of automobiles. Hmm. Very good. Oh, no, every once in a while. Even a blind squirrel finds an acre, as they say, down here yes, in the south. Say. Oh. Yes, they say. Yes, but <laughs> if you know about Hudson Walk, you know, 53, 54, let me know. I mean, I just, I, I drove one down in Illinois once, and uh, the guy threw me the keys after I photographed it, and I was incredibly impressed. I had no idea it was going to ride and handle the way it does for the size and the age of the car. And I was like, yeah, I've been wanting one ever since. That's an awesome automobile. So I, I can see why you know, you're a Hudson fan. I really can. The, uh, you know, and, and you know, you and I both have, have driven and been in a, a lot of cars. And uh, I dare say you probably, you know, Photographing all of these being around them probably even more than I, but we've both been around a lot of cars, and during that time period, and I've I've owned Cadillacs from that time period, uh, got Lincolns from that time period. The Hudsons, they were just they were rattle free. They had that low yeah. center of gravity. The engine was torquey. Uh, you know, the big 308, even the 262, uh, just the engineering that went into them. They're just great cars. They really, truly are. If, if you've never driven a Hudson, you need to get behind the wheel of one because you're just going to be amazed how well it drives, how quiet it comes. It's, it's just cool. It's good stuff. Um, but, you know, you were talking about <coughs> spray cans and Olsen. You know, that aerosol can, it, when we were talking yesterday, and more recently, I just had an experience of refinishing the dash of a 68 Mustang, and went to use Krylon paint. And I'm trying to just go on and dump on Krylon paint, but I kept getting fish I kept painting it. I got fish. I, I wiped it down. I cleaned it. I took it all the way down to bare metal. And sprayed you degreased it, it and everything? Used it. Everything. Huh. And still still had fish on it. it and was using the Krylon, uh, you know, two-in-one uh, primer and paint. Yeah, that, so that's pretty good paint. So I, that's good paint. Yeah. It is. I went, I sprayed it, and I ended up with fish on it. So I'm like, all right, take on it. I'm going to, heck with the two-in-one, I'll go get the 
Krylon primer. I sprayed the primer on there. I had fish on it. I had taken this down to the metal, and it, I mean, it's not my first rodeo, and I wiped it, wiped it down, everything. Did everything the way I was supposed to, and I still had fish on it. So I said, well, what the heck with this? So I took, took the Krylon, I threw it to the side, I went to the store, and I bought Rust-Oleum satin in there. Right. Yep. And Rust-Oleum primer. I wiped it down with a microfiber cloth. Yep. Get rid of the dust. I sprayed it. No fish eye. None. I love Rust-Oleum. Rust-Oleum is some of the best. It's industrial paint. That's why people don't realize it's not just regular enamel. It's industrial enamel in a can. And uh, it's, the results that I always get are just simply sensational, especially when I use my spray gun and I put a little bit of hardener in it. Uh, it just comes out fantastic. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, Krylon's good stuff, more of a hobbyist type of paint. But if you really need stuff for your automobile, you know, you're doing brackets, you're doing suspension parts, whatever. Uh, Rust-Oleum is the way to go if you don't have a spray gun. Yeah, good move. And it's affordable, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it prompted me to read up a little bit, you know, that all the manufacturers have tried formulations. Yeah. Um, you know, in other words, basically enamel is enamel. But the reality of it is similar formulations from company to company are different. And, you know, they have their own proprietary formulas. Like, and apparently, uh, Rolliams proprietary formula is better, at least in my application, uh, than, than was the trial. Uh, one and thing they put more I guess, and I... No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you know, there's, there's also the amount of pigment that you put in the paint, you know, and uh, certain types of, like you said, additives. It's just like gasoline, you know. Gasoline, everybody uses the same gas, but then they add their own additives to make it their own. So paint companies do the same. So, uh, and then, like I said, if you could add a hardener, it's even better. Right. Well, with me, it's because of familiarity, because I do this sort of thing frequently, you know, recoding stuff, painting stuff. I really didn't stop to think about it. Doing a test spray. That's something that everybody should really do. Even even somebody like myself or you, uh, you know, we do it frequently. Uh, I sprayed the Krylon. I probably would have saved myself some time because then, you know, once it started to go to hell, I had to go back in there and, and wipe it all off and get rid of, you know, grab the enamel reducer and just wipe the whole dash down and get everything off. And then sort of go back and clean everything up and start again from scratch. If I'd done a test spray, I would have known ahead of time that I was probably clean. But I didn't do yeah. that. I was just like, oh, well, dee 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 da da da, you know? Yeah, because you're thinking it's going to come out perfect. But, you know, some of these nozzles, they are imperfections and they don't spray. So you do have to do a test pattern first. But also, I know a lot of people, they don't use tack rags right before they paint. You know, even if you just, you know, 
frustrated with Prima. Once the Prima, you know, uh, flashes off and hardens up a bit before you spray your top coat, you've got to use a tack rag because there's all microscopic dust particles in the air that settle on the surface. And a tack rag right before you paint, you wipe it down, boom, and you'll be surprised how much, you know, dirt comes off that rag. So, uh, and that means that the top coat will be smoother, there'll be less imperfections, and uh, you'll get a better finish. So, tack rags are uh, cheap, you know, and uh, you got to use them. I use them in everything, even if you're doing something around the house, like painting a chair or something. Use tack rags. It's really worth it. Makes a big difference, you know. That one little speck of dirt or dust or what have you. By the time you top coat it, it really stands out. Particularly if you're using a gloss finish, um, you know, it's an eyesore in the middle of an otherwise really nice paint job. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Tack rag is a must. You know, the other thing, of course, you know, and I'm sure most most of you realize it, but you know, progressive. Standing using a high build primer uh, helps, or a medium build primer, so that you can get all the imperfections out. Then you know, hit it with a 400, and then maybe go to 600 or 800 uh, wet dry, and you know, keep sanding it so you get it nice smooth. Because the preparation really is so much more important than the finish coat, really. I mean, if you don't do a good prep job, you're going to have a lousy finished product. No, preparation is 95% of the job. It's all in the prep. Spraying on the top coat is, you know, the, the icing on the cake. That's all it is. So, uh, if you don't prep correctly, everything is going to show through. So, so we're getting ready to wrap it up this morning, and I, I just wanted to say to everyone again, and I say it frequently, but it's because I absolutely believe it. Anybody that knows me well knows I'm a straight shooter, and I'm a, I'm a sincere individual about nothing else. Christmas is coming up, and uh, Richard's fairly humble. I won't say he's humble. He's fairly humble, okay? Crankshaft Magazine is going to be an awesome opportunity for you to make someone loves cars really really happy on Christmas by giving them a subscription to Crankshaft Magazine and the cool thing about it they're not just going to think about you at Christmas they're going to think about you every time it comes in the mail how's that and they're going to be happy every time it comes in the mail crankshaftmagazine.com Absolutely. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great Off week. Off the couch. Bye. In the garage. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.